Welcome to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners. I'm your host, Maureen Warbach. Hey, everyone. I have Lindsay Kaisman on the call with me today, and we're going to be talking about tracking in terms of our group practice and, you know, what areas that we can track when it comes to our clinicians. So welcome, Lindsay. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm doing great. So um, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your practice? I know you're not too far from me. Um, Give a little Mm -hmm. bit about how many clinicians you have, where you're at in your group practice, and what consulting issue you want to focus on today. Okay. Yeah. So I am located in Woodstock, Illinois, which is um, about an hour and a half outside of Chicago. So I'm in an area that's uh, right on the cusp of being suburban and rural. Um, And I started in private practice uh, about a year ago and within six months realized I wanted to do group practice model. And so in the last six months, I have hired on four additional clinicians um, and I'm doing an employee model um, and they are just sort of getting started. I hired one right off the bat um, in last fall. And so I'm an insurance based practice. So I had to kind of wait that customary three to four months to get everybody paneled. Really? Just three Um, to four months, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I feel like um, I w- I've been waiting like eight months for some of mine. Ugh. Well, I should say three to four months um, to get them on Blue Cross Blue Shield, which is, you know, when I feel like people should start. So yep. um, we're still waiting on a handful of others for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I had the one and she's been starting, you know, to see people since probably February. And I've got a couple more that are starting to see people now and one more that'll start in August. Um, so I... You know, I'm, I'm sort of at that point in my practice where uh, everything is going pretty smooth. I mean, I know what I'm doing. I have good, you know, practices in place. I've got a great EHR. I've got my policies, my manuals. I've trained people. I'm pretty confident in, you know, their approach with things. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to just kind of take it to the next level of, you know, how do I continue to support my clinicians by tracking things that are important to track so that I might be able to give them, you know, good feedback if we need to kind of reroute and do something different. Okay. So that's the general idea of um, my question. I, I don't really need help in like the financial area as far as metrics. I think I've got that down. Um, but I come from one of those, you know, jobs where I was the boss and I used to have to audit charts and track 27 million things that didn't matter and only a handful of them did matter. So I was wanting some advice and support on the important things to track as far as clinical stuff. So my, my brain's been swarming with things like, do I track the time they get into the office or retention rates or the quality of their notes or timeliness of their notes or if they're coordinating care with physicians or how many network meetings. And it just seems like seems like I could track a whole whole bunch of things and I really want to get it narrowed down to a few things that are valuable and that's what my call is about. Awesome. So are there any things that you are already tracking when it comes to some of these things that you listed? Yeah. So um, 
I have been, uh, you know, like, for instance, quality of notes. I've been reviewing, you know, notes as I've hired people on as more of an exercise to get to know them and spend some time in our supervision together. Um, but like, am I tracking it? Not tracking it. I'm paying attention to it. Um, you know, I started uh, a spreadsheet on, you know, retention rates. Okay. How's um, that going? Uh, good so far. Like I said, I've only got the one clinician who um, has been with me and actually seeing people. Um, the other two are just like literally in the last two weeks started seeing people. So it's kind of new. Um, but it, it's going well with her and I, I would not have expected anything different. She's somebody that I had uh, worked with in the past and I knew that she had a no problems keeping people. So, um, but I know that from what I hear from other therapists, you know, in some of in your Facebook group that retention rates can be a real problem. So I, I wanted to start tracking that. And I do a number of things to track, you know, issues around billing and insurance sure. and making sure claims, but that's not really what I was hoping to talk about today. Sure. And then I do track their networking meetings because and that's simply done because they get paid for that time. So it's sort of like their time card. Yeah. Um, but I haven't figured out like coordinating care with physicians or I haven't done anything with notes. I haven't done, you know, I don't know how you would even track making sure somebody's here 15 minutes before a client should be there, you know, yeah. um, without me sitting at the door. Um, so yeah, so that's it. I'm, I'm pretty new in this area, I would say. Okay. All right, let's, I, I wrote some of the things down that you, that you mentioned here, and I have some of my own notes on tracking as well. I, let's start with the first thing that you mentioned, which is the, um, the quality and the timeliness of notes, because I feel like that's something that, um, whether you're insurance-based or fee-for-service, is something that we all are aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what, what I do in my practice is I, I have a clinical director, and so she's kind of in charge of this piece of it. Um, And every month she'll come to me and give me a rundown of where it's at. But what I have found is that the more people that you hire, the more important it actually is to have some sort of system. And it doesn't need to be elaborate, but some sort of system where you're tracking if their notes are being done in a timely fashion and how good the notes are. And my clinical director is really good at. So what we do, we use therapy notes. I, I think you use simple practice, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure they have something similar. You can tell me now if they don't, but um, we have what's count, called a note count report. And so every month when, cause we do payroll once a month, every month when uh, payroll is done, we wait about a week after payroll and she'll go and she'll look at all of the notes. Um, she'll be able to check payroll or check the note count for each individual therapist from the previous month, from the first through the 30th or 31st of the month. And what she does is she sends every clinician an email once a month um, re- when it is relating to notes and says, hey, so-and-so, you've seen um, you know, 112 clients in the month of April, and that's about, I don't know, 20-something therap- uh, clients that you've seen uh, each week. It looks like you have uh, tipped two days off, and, um, you know, and those were for either a holiday or for a vacation. And she kind of explains that in two sick days, let's say. Um, and I'll go into more detail because in Chicago or in now in Cook County, um, we have to pay for sick time. So she's kind of added that time off mm-hmm. piece in there. But okay. um, each person she sends this email to. And then at the bottom, she'll say, like, you're doing really great. You know, 
or um, I've noticed that, um, you know, you had a lot less clients this month than you have averaged in, in the previous months. And then, um, you know, kind of inquires with a question of any, some sort with if, uh, if they're seeing a good amount or a lot of uh, clients, she'll say like, how are things going? Do you feel like this is a good amount? Are you feeling comfortable? Is it too much? Is it too little? And then with people whose uh, statistics have changed, she'll ask some sort of question relating to like, um, you know, any feedback as to why you think that this month was lower than average um, to just to open up a dialogue. And Mm -hmm. I'm not, I know there's a lot of practices out there that might be, you know, much more into accuracy with the, with the statistics when it comes to the quality and timeliness of notes. My goal is, especially just because we're larger and I don't think for us, it's that important to be as detailed with this specific one is is that she checks every month when payroll happens that um, each clinician that we hire has a in the in their contract a goal of how many clients that they want to see. So if someone says that they're willing to work 25 hours a week, then we expect that they're around 25 hours uh, 25 hours worth of seeing clients per week. You know, within a, a certain amount of months. Mm-hmm. And um, if they aren't reaching that 25 hours, and they can be because we have enough referrals, let's say, then that you know the monthly email uh, allows her to then open that dialogue up and it's not invasive and, um, you know, it's, it's expected from everyone. So they're not feeling like, oh, you know, she's calling me out or she's like checking my stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. everyone knows that it's kind of part of the monthly plan of, you know, is to check how many notes have been, if, how many notes you have, because that essentially tells us how many clients you saw. And then to mm-hmm. have an open dialogue at the end of it of like, how does this feel for you? And so even when there's good months, you know, everyone still is getting that email. So they don't feel like they're getting that, um, you know, call out, so let's, so to speak. But right. then the second part of it is that she will then, um, she, there's a, an ability for her to see in each person when she does the note count, how many notes are still pending from that month. And so mm-hmm. although there, I know there's some practices that do it weekly, and I would say if you are having problem clinicians who aren't doing their notes within the same week, um, for us it's weekly. I know some places you know, really want them to do it within 24 hours or 48 hours. Our, our rule has always been um, you have till Friday. So if you are seeing clients from Sunday to Thursday, you have till you know, Friday to have all your notes done. Um, and everyone you know, is pretty good about following that. But if uh, when she goes to check the monthly statement, if when she goes to check the monthly notes, she's able to see if a certain you know clinician is really low because they haven't done their notes because then it won't show that they've seen the client, um, mm-hmm. or if uh, they actually just weren't seeing a lot of clients. And on top of that, the note count report shows how many terminations they've had that month, how many no shows and late cancels. So again. Um, our EHR is pretty robust in that sense, at least. And I'm thinking simple practice is probably very similar in being able to show like, you know, hey, Lindsay, you had, you know, 75 mm-hmm. clients this month. Um, you also had 25 late cancels or no shows, schedule, you know, scheduled and, or that didn't schedule and you had three terminations. And that all gives kind of a, a picture of, you know, how that clinician is doing. And mm-hmm. so... Um, that really works well for us and it doesn't require her to put, I mean, when you're at, if you have, even where you're at with four clinicians, it would take a lot of time if you would do this every, you know, every week checking if Uh the notes are done. And so that's why, you know, I'm thinking more of, you know, if you have one or two therapists, it's obviously a lot easier to just check every week and see if people's notes are done. But then again, you know, there might be one week where someone was sick and, you know, you want to let that go. And so for me, 
do, checking it once a month, you have you're always going to be able to see if someone has a trend of not doing their notes on time or a trend of having a lot of uh, no shows or late cancels in there um, by tracking in the HR. So we do it once per month and it works out really well. She's able to you know notice trends in that sort of way, and um, the second piece of that is then she will go and check one note for every uh, clinician um, mm-hmm. per month at the same time when she's doing that and just click on one random note and see how it looks. And if the note looks pretty, you know, good, then uh, she doesn't say anything or she'll say like, good, you know, I checked a note, looks like you're doing great, you know, good job, keep up the good work. And if um, she's noticing that that person has a note that's not, you know, fully filled in or doesn't look like it's detailed enough, um, she'll check a couple more to make sure it's just not a one-time thing. And then um, if that's the case, she'll set up a time to talk to them. But she definitely does not check every note. Oh, no, every... gosh, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I'm not I'm not a micromanager. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, God, so no. I think, you know, the more people that you hire, the more important it is that you're at least aware of how your cl- clinicians are doing. And so I think just doing something once a month is is more than enough to catch if someone's really not doing their part on that end or needs help on that end. Um, mm-hmm. And so that would be my suggestion is trying to figure out a way that you can use your EHR so you're not spending a, you know, a whole bunch of time doing this aspect when there's, you know, so much more to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think... Um... You know, I've played a, li- a little bit around in simple practices reports, and they, they're they a little bit young in yeah. their group practice model, and yeah. I decided to go with them because I use them in solo and everything was set up. And, um, you know, th- some of their uh, quality metrics sort of are enmeshed in their billing metrics. So yeah. um, I'm, you know, I'm kind of playing with how to best use that because I, you know, the I think one of the things that... I would like to avoid is, you know, having to make a whole bunch of Excel spreadsheets and do manual data entering if I can, you know, yeah. um, because that, that's just time that I don't need to be spending, you know, on things. So I do, you know, on that note, I do have a couple of spreadsheets. I don't, I don't have to use them all. I have one that tracks um, incoming calls and that our intake person uses, but it allows me to pop into it and see it without having to check in with her specifically. So mm-hmm. that, that one, um, is, is one that just tracks every call that comes in where they were referred by. So we can, I can see, you know, my use of money in terms of where I'm marketing, if it's mm-hmm. being used wisely, but then it also, she then is able to track how many of the new people that call are actually scheduled, how many of those get referred out, um, and, you know, we obviously can easily convert that into percentages to see that. And then um, it also, we just sort of recently added, um, not only do we see how many are on a wait list at any given time, how many are scheduled each month and how many are referred out or just we never were able to schedule an appointment for one reason or another. Um, okay. we, we added tr- being able to track if they were scheduled and never made their first appointment. We just added a kind of a new category in there that she then puts a certain, um, we have, it's going to, it's going to sound goofy now, but we have, I came up with this, but it's a C for completed, which means that they were scheduled. So don't mind my 
weird uh, letters that I use to sure. tell me my tracking. <laughs> but there's a C next to a, a client that is, com in my head, completed. Like, don't look at them anymore. They were scheduled. A W for mm -hmm. waitlisted. A P for pending, which means we're in communication. Either the person emailed us and, or my intake person and she's, uh, you know, emailed back and is waiting for a response or she called and left a message. So that P means, like, that person's still important. We're trying to schedule something with them. And mm -hmm. we've reached out to them. And then we have um, C, oh my gosh, I think it's C uh, and S, which is they were completed, but then they no-showed or canceled, right? They didn't make their first appointment. Mm -hmm. So th that lets us know that, because um, we're trying to figure out, you know, how many people actually schedule, but then maybe never show up and never come in. So that is one spreadsheet that we use that kind of tracks, you know, that aspect of it. But I mm -hmm. also have a, um, going back to the, um, what we were talking about before, is I have a time off calculator or tracker of sorts, only because, and I don't think this would be important if you don't have to pay for sick time, um, because like I said, in therapy notes, it our note count report kind of shows all of that stuff. And we mm -hmm. have to, we put in our time off in there. If we're, if we're going on vacation, we, we put that into therapy notes. But I have a time off tracker only because I have to calculate for every 40 hours um, that a, a therapist works. They accrue one hour of sick time and you have, mm -hmm. you have to pay for it. So um, I do have a time off tracker, but I kind of made it pretty simplified where I put in, I go to the note count report in therapy notes. I put in how many, you know, if they saw 112 in that month. And I, I track in this system once per month also. But I'll put 112 mm -hmm. in the hours worked. And then it'll automatically calculate, you know, for every 40 hours worked that they accrue one hour. So I don't have to do all the math for it. Um, right. So I do have that as well as a, a tracking piece. But, again, I don't think that would be something that's important if you're not going to be paying for time off. But it tracks for um, it tracks for how many sessions there are every month per person how much time uh, off they took in each. So if they were sick, it calculates if they were sick or on vacation. And that, again, I, I give a lot of time off in our contracts, so no one ever really reaches their total you know, time off. There's not a worry on that front, but I know a lot of people talk about you know, having clinicians that are gone a lot or taking a lot of time off, and then you know, being right. able to track it would be a, would be a, nice, a nice feature to add. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I've sort of have a mentality of the same way, like, you know, hey, you know, you know, take time off if you yeah. need time off type of thing, but be mindful about your clients and their needs. And, um, you know, it, I, I never even thought about needing to track it, but it's kind of an interesting idea just to make sure that people are, you know, in case somebody has a pattern that's yep. not good, you yeah. know, it's good to track it. I like yeah. that. And it's harder, you know, the, when you have four, you're at four now, but when you get to like right around six, it gets hard to know in the past six months, how much has everyone kind of taken off, you know, it, it blurs. And so I can add it to the show notes so that you and whoever else, you know, would want it can take it because it, like I said, I spent a lot of time researching how to make, um, like formulas in there so that when you put in a number, mm -hmm. it just like adds it where it needs to. Um, yeah. so it, it takes me and with, I have about 20 people. It takes me about 15 minutes once a month. I do everyone mm -hmm. and it, it tracks their time off. It tracks how many clients they saw a week or a month. Um, so I can add that to the show notes in case you want to use it or anyone else would want to. 
Yeah, and, you know, I guess I just from that kind of have like an extra question. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about in tracking is like, you know, are there areas in which you have your clinicians actually enter in data into a spreadsheet, you know, Um, like for instance, you know, like time off in theory, they could be responsible for entering that in, you know, um, as a way to kind of save, save time or save me having to put in some other system that's pretty chunky just to find that out. Um, But, you know, I, I kind of, I'm not a control freak, but I just know that people, you know, people forget, people don't do it. It's not a priority. And so, you know, I've always found in my previous, you know, positions in corporate land is that it's better usually when fewer hands are on spreadsheets. It's exactly how I feel. So I I don't for nine, you know, 99% is for the reason of I like, and it's, it's, I'm going to say it in a way that doesn't sound nice, but it's not meant in this way. But like, I need one person that I can look at when something goes wrong <laughs> and not yeah, be like, yeah. who, and I have to send a mass email, like who didn't do this one thing? Like, cause everyone kind of can do it, you know? So, right. you know, with billing, I have only one person that literally can input the, the money into therapy notes because I can look at that person and be like, what happened? Versus being mm-hmm. like, you know, who, who did or did not do this. So the same with, and this is again specific just to my practice because I have to pay for time off and it's a legal thing because the IR, um, the city of Chicago and now Cook County just added it for starting July 1st is that we have to track their hours and we have to pay for one hour for one hour of sick time for every 40 hours worked and I'm if I leave it up to the clinicians yes it's not super important to them and I don't want to put it in the hand in their hands to track how you know how many hours they're working because if at the end of the day they mistracked it, then you know I would be I'd get in trouble by the by the city if right, you know, somehow right. someone found out. So if it's not required, you know, for paying them out for it or anything like that, and it's just for your information, I would say um, I can I can see that not being that big of a problem. My other part of it it goes back to I like one person to be in charge of you know, a certain aspect of everything. So mm-hmm. then it's just I running after people and being like, you didn't track your month. You didn't track yourself this month. Can you please send your, you know, write in your tracker for this month, um, which would get kind of annoying, I think. Yep. Um, so that would be my only hesitation with having everyone else do their own. I did when I used to pay for marketing. Um, I used to have them track their own marketing hours and I had a marketing log and they would just literally write down uh, where they went, how much time, what date they went, how much time they spent mm-hmm. at that place or marketing or networking and who they spoke with. And then um, at the end of the month, I would pay them out for, you know, a certain amount of hours of them doing the marketing and networking. And that worked out totally fine. But I did make it really clear that I do payroll on the first of every month. So by the 30th or 31st, whenever the last day of the month, previous month is, if I didn't get that um, marketing log from them, they weren't getting paid for it. You know, because yeah. I, I, I didn't want to play around with, okay, I'll add it to next month's payroll. It was, if you want to get paid, you know, just like, it was just an easy way for me to do it was to say, I need the, the marketing log by, you know, the end of this month. Um, if you yeah. want to get, if you want to get paid on the first and, and that, and that worked. I obviously, if people, people never gave me the, you know, in the following month, last month stuff, they probably just were like shit and then <laughs> threw it yeah. out, you know, who knows, but, um, they, I know they learned probably pretty quickly and handed it in on time the next time. And it's kind of what we're doing now, um, with regards to 
putting something in their hands. It's not really a metrics relating thing, but I now, because I don't pay for marketing hours, it's part of the bonus structure. Um, based off of how many hours they work, if you work 25 hours or more, you can get 100% of the bonus amount, which is $500. If they work 20 to 24 hours, they get 80%, which is I think $400. And it goes down incrementally, um, down mm-hmm. to between 10 and 14 hours. And they get, I don't know, 200. I don't, I, I'm not good with math. But what they, that's the first part of it. And then for them to get that bonus amount, they have to do two marketing efforts and two blogs in that six-month period. So, mm-hmm. um, and in that case, they obviously have to send me the two blogs and I track it. Um, I write, I put a little check mark on, I have a spreadsheet that I put a little check mark that they gave me a blog, but then their marketing, um, they have to track and give it to me. And I have said like, you won't get the bonus on July 1st if I don't have that marketing log sometime between January 1st and June 30th showing me that you went to two places and, um, mm-hmm. we shall see because this is the first six months. Um, I started in January and July 1st is when they'll get their that bonus. Their so. bonus? Yeah. So far, so you, far, only three of my 20 people have done it. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. really? <laughs> Clearly people don't need more money. Uh, we'll see. I'll probably no, get I'm like 15 of them on June 30th and that'll be fun for me to, to look at all last minute. But um, just going along with the tracking, that's one piece where they are doing that on their own and I have to just kind of sit back and, and wait. But it's not an important feature in my practice because it's just, it's literally for their benefit of getting a bonus. Um, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give ev- everyone a piece, their hand in something that I'm really trying to track for like something important, mm-hmm. like time off. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, um, like I said, I, my big thing is like, I can think of so many things I want to track. It's just, you know, I, a question I'd have for you is, was there anything that you tracked that you found out was not useful information or was too cumbersome for the, you know, for the benefit of it? Um, anything I should stay away from? So, um, tracking marketing was other than for the fact that I was paying them. If you weren't paying for it, I felt like was, um, not very useful. And, um, like I said, the only reason I'm doing it is because they, they get it for their bonus, but I don't, because we get enough referrals, like kind of organically and I don't need them to be marketing. Um, it's not, it's, it's not cumbersome, but it's not super important. And I kind of look at it for a second and then throw it out and put a little check mark next to their name that they can get their bonus for the next, you know, six months. Um, okay. But otherwise I, I'm trying to think of what I have tracked that has been a pain or wasn't very useful. I feel like the things that I do track are, I'm, are doing, serving me well. I, you know, tracking for where the referrals come in from. I've reduced, mm-hmm. I've reduced where, you know, I've taken off a couple of things that I was marketing towards that weren't useful based off of it. Um, with the, like I said, with time off and sick time and vacation time, it, I've found a system for, you know, where it adds it up on its own. So it's not taking me a lot of time. And mm-hmm. I find it to be useful, you know, aside from legally, I have to do that now. But just in case if someone was to use up more time than I was assuming they were, um, I find it to be useful. The note tracking, I think, would be a pain in the butt if therapy notes didn't have it. And I probably wouldn't do a note count report if there wasn't a way to easily do it. So I'm, I'm, I guess if you guys are using a system that doesn't easily allow you to just put in a date range and get a note count report, 
that tracks how many sessions a client had or clinician had and how many cancels they had that month, um, I would probably say that's too cumbersome to do. Mm-hmm. And now in your, um, and I don't, I don't even know, I would have yeah. to look in simple practice, but yeah. um, is your note count report the same place that you track things like retention rates? Because nope. I feel like, yeah, I would feel like that's a different thing. Yeah, so um, the note count report will, Therapy Notes does not have a retention, a, a way to see rate, retention rates. Um, there's no tracker for that. And we haven't mm-hmm. gotten to tracking that, although, I mean, I guess that would be interesting. The way we notice if there's issues with retention rates is if someone is consistently below their um, note count, you know, if they're okay. consistently not meeting the amount of clients. And, you know, actually, as I'm saying this out loud, it we, there's no official system in therapy notes, and it would be a pain in the butt to actually, like, lo- go into each clinician's file on therapy notes and see, but... There is um, an easy way to calculate it. So you just would take how many intakes they had with how many terminations they had and how many no-shows, and you'll be able to see if they are every month getting 10 new intakes, Mm -hmm. at least in my practice where we have a lot of referrals, that would be like, why do you get 10 new intakes every month? That means you're losing at least 10 intakes a month. Right, right. It's losing right. ten clients a month. So our, I guess, the way we do it, not very um, metricy in that sort of sense, but it goes along with what my clinical director emails in saying you've had 112 uh, sessions this month, you had three intakes, you had five no shows or you know late cancellations that uh, within this month, and um, you terminated with seven people. And then she would, uh-huh. you know, if she saw a trend in lots of terminations or lots of new intakes, then she would have that conversation. I'm, you know, I'm noticing that you have a whole bunch of intakes the past couple of months. What do you think is the reason for, you know, having so much availability for all those intakes? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's interesting. I've heard other people talk about retention rates and, you know, even, you know, kind of longer than that, it's like, you know, oh, are, are you the clinician that only sees somebody, you know, six times and then they're done? Is yeah. that different than the clinician who, you know, maintains a caseload where somebody's on there for, you know, six months or 12 months? Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. And that's, I think, something that we have to be aware of, too. I have one therapist who does exposure response prevention, and she works in conjunction with um you know, people's primary therapist. So she's, mm-hmm. she tends to be more short term. So if we were to look at her without knowing her style and knowing what she's doing, it would look like she's, you know, she tends to have the most amount of intakes because she is um, very specific on what she's doing with them. And then they go back to their, you know, regular therapist after they've done exposures and all that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just comes, there's no metric you can have for, um, you know, saying this person can have a lot of intakes, whereas this person shouldn't have as many uh, intakes, you know. And so mm-hmm. that, that comes more with you knowing your own therapist and um, taking that into account when you do score or, you know, use any metric system with them. Mm-hmm. So I do have one question, and maybe yeah. it's specific to my practice, but yeah. have you, in your practice or with anybody else you've worked with, heard of anybody who tracks... Um, like making sure that their clinicians are doing coordinated care with a primary care doctor or the psychiatrist. You know, I know there's 
some states have, you know, laws written in that say like, hey, you need to, you know, inform your primary care doctor that, you know, this person's receiving therapy services. Um, and I'm curious if you have heard of anybody tracking that kind of stuff and separate from just letting a doctor know. I mean, I think it's just good quality care too. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious if you've ever talked with anybody about that before. Um, I, I, my practice doesn't specifically check in with each therapist's files to make sure that they're, uh, engaging in communication with primary care or other providers for that client. Although I know that there are a few, a handful, and I can't even think of specifically, but I know I've seen it in our, the Facebook group of people who are doing it. I think it is really hard to do the larger you get because there's uh -huh. going to be no, there, there will, I don't think there will ever be an e EHR metric, you know, that they make to be able to track right. that kind of stuff. And so it would yeah. always be a manual sort of thing or having your, you know, therapist give you another log of some sort on top of marketing and everything else uh, where they're telling you when they're contacting. And I also think that it gets them to a point of, and this depends on the style of your practice, but my, my practice is more... I want everyone to feel independent. I don't want it to feel like a nonprofit or an agency where they don't have that like independence to be the type of therapist that they want to be. I know that there's yeah. some liability on the practice for how each therapist, you know, does their work and whatnot. But I think in that area, that would be, we use that in our case consultation time to talk about, um, you know, how, you know, well our clients are doing and people bring up communicating with provider other providers that the client is seeing and whatnot and so I my clinical director and I you typically use our staff um, consultation time to gauge if if someone you know is continuously having issues with a certain client um, are they talking with you know their psychiatrist or their primary care doctor whoever else that person is is working with on the treatment team um, but we definitely don't use in my practice I, I, can't, I can't even think of a way that I could do it where it wouldn't take a ton of my time up. And um, we have never had an issue. I guess I would look into it more if we ever had an issue where a client was complaining that a clinician wasn't coordinating. And mm -hmm. I think another piece of it that where I know that things are going fine and so I don't want to even make more work for myself or for the clinicians to give me stuff is that we have um, – a lot of providers here and we have, you know, medication management and psych testing here. So a lot of clients see multiple providers in my office and I, we, because, um, our lawyer has it. And again, this might be a state by state thing. So you'd have to, I mean, you're in my state, so I can, you can, right, you can right. take, you can take what I say, but, um, with other people who might be listening in different states, you know, check with your, uh, state laws. But our uh, attorney said that we need to sign a release of information, have our clients sign a release of information if, let's say, I see a client and my other therapist then sees her for couples counseling. We can't talk about our client. And in our state, we shouldn't be talking within our practice about a client. We can obviously say, I have a client, you know, and this is my struggle with my client, um, and then get consultation with other members in your group. But technically... You shouldn't be um, – now, obviously, it's a little different if you're a group practice owner and a, cl and a clinician mm -hmm. talking to you as the owner. But we have a lot of um, couples – we have a couple therapist who sees a lot of our clients that we see individually for couple therapy. Or we have our nurse practitioner who does medication management. We have to – we sign a release of information with our client 
just so that we can talk to our nurse practitioner about our case. And so I can see so often that our clinicians are doing really well with getting the release of info, coordinating mm-hmm. care with me on my individual clients or with my couples and whatnot. And, and there's a lot of um, dialogue happening between clinicians just with coordinating their own care that I'm at a place where I'm, I feel like I don't, this is not something I need to take on. Um, again, this would be one of those things that I, I can't off the top of my head, think of a way to easily track, um, that kind of thing. And I would, my honest yeah. opinion would be like, holy crap, that's a pain. <laughs> well, and I think kind of, um, one of the things that I've been really careful for in my beginning stages is like, I really want to set a nice, you know, culture, a nice workplace where, you know, I have hired people that, um, you know, from what I can tell so far are competent, independent, you know, mm-hmm. they know how to seek out, you know, help when they need it, don't necessarily need it, somebody to micromanage them. And I want to kind of do the same with what I'm tracking. I want everything that I track to have a purpose yeah. and to not have it be, um, either tracking for the sake of tracking or metrics for the, you know, or auditing for the sake of auditing. Um, I want it to have a purpose and I want it to not feel intrusive. I want it to feel, you know, supportive. And sometimes, you know, no matter how good I could be at, you know, delivering information or discussing, you know, hey, it looks like numbers are lower this month. Um, sometimes the way things are tracked can just set or set people off. Even like the emails that you describe, um, you know, it's like you want to have it be a consistent thing where people are getting these emails because if they did just, you know, get an email out of the blue, then that feels like getting pointed out. And I'm so aware of like, it's just an extra dynamic with auditing and tracking is, you know, you, you it's got an underlying message and I, I want to make sure that I'm yep. only doing what I need to do is what I'm, yeah. what I'm hoping for. So, yeah, I, and I think my takeaway would be that, with what's worked is doing the monthly where we, where she sends the one email that kind of has everything in there. And I always, you know, I don't, I don't, I've told her when I first, so she's a therapist in our office and three or four years ago, I asked her if she'd be a clinical director. So she, you know, helps me out on that front. But I said, what I want your number one job to be is to help everyone feel heard because I know I've, I've talked about this a lot but in my practice I really just want people to feel really valued and feel like they're contributing and that they're doing you know the work that they want to do and feel like they're being supported blah 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 so in everything that we do like I you know I have all their birthdays hanging on my wall as a display their anniversaries are hanging on the wall as a display like I want them to feel like they're really important but also if we don't if we're not tracking some things we're never going to know if someone needs help and so with her, okay. I, with, with Lauren, my clinical director, I said, if we, if we make it consistent every month, but it's just one email in the sea of emails we send each other anyways about, you know, various referral sources and books and, you know, suggestions and all this other stuff is they get this one email that says, um, you know, how many clients they saw in the month just for their own information. Cause also, you know, we're percent, we give a percentage of revenue and you'd be surprised at how often even me, I think I saw, you know, on average 10 clients a week, but I really saw on average six clients a week. And if I'm, you know, a clinician working in a practice, that's a, that can make a big difference in how much income I make. Or I think I saw, you know, 10, but I realized, oh my God, I was seeing on average like 15 clients a week. So doing this tracking really helps them, you know, when it comes to that monthly email, it really helps them see where they're at. But also Lauren, because then she will come to me and be like, hey, this one person, you know, she's been like 
kicking butt and um, doing her notes so good. And, and she'll, you know, and then we get, you know, we'll talk to them about that and be like, we're noticing you're doing an amazing job with this, you know. Or if uh, mm-hmm. we have uh, one therapist who sees a lot of clients and there's been times where she's been a little bit like around the 35 and we're, we're like, I know, you know, money might be nice, but we'd love for you to just take a little bit of time, you know, don't see so mm-hmm. many because, and, and it's the opposite of what they would expect to hear. Yeah. Um, right. So I, I find that the once per month thing, it doesn't, it, no one ever said, everyone is always like, thanks for the email. They don't feel like it's invasive. And so then they also don't feel like when there is an issue, if there is an issue, um, that they're, that they are being singled out. Um, and like I said, my, I've told my clinical director, I just want your job to be literally giving really good positive feedback to make people feel like heard and welcome and wanted and needed. And so in, in every email she sends, she's always, you know, giving positive feedback and, and I'm, you know, when I see them in in the offices, when I'm, you know, not having my door closed doing a podcast, I'm, you know, checking in and sitting with them and all that. So, and, and talking back and forth with them so that when they get that metric, they're not feeling like, oh, the only time they talk to me is when I, you know, they want something or when they're trying to see how good I am or whatnot. Right, right. Yeah, no, I like that. It's a, it's something to strive for and aim for, for sure. That's yeah. uh you know, it's a value I had when I, like I said, when I worked in previous jobs and it's kind of nice to be able to create that in my own practice. And, um, you know, fortunately I had great bosses before that were supportive of that kind of approach too. So I, I'm comfortable with it and I'm kind of excited to, I'm excited to get there, you know, like being new in group practice, it just, uh, it takes a while. There's so much just basic stuff in getting somebody started that, you know, my whole first year with them is going to be baseline. And it's like, I, I want to be able to, you know, enhance my conversation with people using metrics and enhance, you know, decisions I make, um, you know, using those things, um, you know, long-term that's the goal. Yeah. And I think if you look, if you think about it, I feel like most of us would say that a lot of our uh, clinicians that do come in tend to be newer to private practice. So I don't hire, um, new therapists, but I uh, have hired new to private practice where they've worked in hospital settings or agencies or done other stuff as yep. fully licensed therapists for 10 plus years. But um, to private practice, they're new, right? And so mm-hmm. if we aren't doing certain metrics, they won't know if they're doing well. And so it's not all, it's, you know, if we shift our mindset from having this tracking be, you know, only for us to help us make our business better, but also to help them become better. Um, I look at like the, the note count or not the note count, the notes, when she picks one random note, there's so many times where, um, we've had therapists that have been like, I'm so glad that you checked. I didn't even realize that I was not doing my objectives right. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. in therapy notes, we have the objectives, which should be clear. And like, you, you should be able to put a check mark next to it. And a lot of people say we'll reduce depression, you know, symptoms, depressive symptoms. And it's like, how how much of a objective mm-hmm. is that? And it's easy to get into that because you 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 know you don't know what else to write. Um, and so when she looks at it, she'll say, you know, numbers are a really good way. For example, numbers are a really good way of having a good objective. If you say we'll reduce on a scale of one to ten, we'll reduce depressive symptoms by fifty percent. It's really mm-hmm. easy to put a check mark if they were at the beginning, you know, of treatment at a ten of being depressed, and now they're at a five. You can check that objective off. And so right. 
um, that where where we've noticed a lot of really positive feedback is definitely in her checking this one random every month, just picking one random note from each therapist and just saying, you know, this is a really great note. I love how you, um, you know, did your objectives really great. Like I am, I'm understanding and very clear of what the purpose of this, you know, your counseling sessions with this person would be. People mm-hmm. feel really good about that. And then on the other end, you know, I had one therapist who was, you know, super grateful that Lauren happened to be checking her, her note randomly because she was like, I would never have known that my objectives weren't clear enough. Or I would have never known that I wasn't, you know, adding this certain piece to it. So um, I, I think, you know, if you have the mindset of coming from a place not only of wanting your business to be built on a, you know, a good foundation where everything is running smoothly, but also that you are, your work is, has this underlying sense of, I want everyone to be thriving. So if I'm checking these, you know, if you're not checking any of these things, then how do you know if your people are thriving? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's been one of the most interesting things about group practice is, um, just how frequently I don't see them, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I mean, it's not that we can't, you know, cross paths really quick, but you know, I mean, unless you make time, um, everybody's just kind of doing their own thing, you know? So, right. um, it's, it's an interesting dynamic to make sure that, you know, we have ways to talk often and we have, you know, feedback and I, you know, I love, I love the email model. I mean, I think that makes sense. And, I think I know for me, like I loved that kind of stuff when I worked at agencies and they'd track things like productivity, which is essentially what you're talking about, you know? Um, and it's like, Oh yeah. Like I felt myself hustle this past month and it was kind of nice to see my percentage be, you know, higher or whatever it was, you know, and, and having kind of my own internal barometer, um, was nice, you know, and it was nice to have the feedback both, you know, quantitative and qualitative, you know, so this is, this is good. This is great. I, I like this approach and it, and it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it's going to take, you know, too much time because that, that was my issue. It's like, okay, what could I do that, you know, maybe takes me two hours a month or something, um, that adds value. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think this is doable for that for sure. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll add, like I said, the time off tracker and, it also tracks it tracks time off, vacation, any time off, sick vacation time, but also um, how many sessions a clinician had per month. So um, mm-hmm. I'll add that on there. And I'm trying to think of what else I have that I can add there. Anything that I track, I'll, I'll add on there so that people can look at it and see. I can do my intake one that tracks yeah. incoming, but it, 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 I've expanded it to... Um, to track like for marketing purposes where things are coming in from as well mm-hmm. as uh, tracking, having the ability to track if a person does actually schedule but never makes it to the first appointment. Yep. I think that's great. To, yeah. And I think that's one thing that people don't think about at first is, you know, there's a good, I've noticed an average between like 15% or so of people who do schedule who then don't come to the first appointment. And if mm-hmm. you were to just look at, you know, the percentage of people who show, you know, schedule an appointment to those who don't, it doesn't tell the full picture because there's obviously people that schedule, but then don't show up. And it's Mm -hmm. opened up dialogue between me and my, um, my, uh, intake person, my receptionist and I of having a conversation of, you know, what's missing between 
when a person schedules and when they first show up. And we notice like scheduling more than two weeks out is an issue. We notice mm -hmm. that if we don't put the um, email appointment reminder in, that that affects the uh, percentage of people that don't come to the first appointment. If we don't put the, if we send an email with their benefit information, it tends to reduce the rate of no-shows because if they can't afford it, they, they are, you know, less afraid of sending an email saying, oh, shoot, sorry, you know, I actually can't afford that, you know, or whatever, uh -huh. versus doing, you know, being over the phone, um, different things like that. So I find that not only does tracking help with, you know, helping your clinicians get to a, you know, the place they want to be at and the place you want them to be at, but also some of these other things that helps open up a dialogue on how to make your processes better too. And so uh -huh. I've noticed just a, a big difference with tracking the, between the scheduled appointment and whether or not they showed up to that first appointment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. That's all really, I mean, it's good, useful information. I know it's not always related to the clinician, yes. but I think just overall, it's like, you know, I mean, you want some of that from beginning to end because I, I think the implication is if you didn't have that information, would you think, is it the clinician that's the problem? You know, like if something as simple as like, well, when I, you know, assign them to clinician A, you know, they tend to no-show. It's like, well, maybe there was a different yep. reason, you know, and so. You're important. totally right. Because what we ended up doing was it showed on their stats that they had, you know, uh, no-shows when in reality it had nothing to do with them. So what we've also done that I should have mentioned is that our intake person then deletes the client out of our file. So they're not mm -hmm. a part of that clinician statistics. Yep, exactly. Well, yeah, because it's like you never want to be, you know, getting a statistic that doesn't feel good and have it not be accurate, you right. know. Right, So, yeah, totally. very cool. Yeah, no, this is great. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, uh, any other questions before we... Oh, I'm up. sure I could ask you a million questions, but no more on no more on this specific topic. I think I I think I've got a good starting point and something, like I said, something that I could manage and some things that I'm going to let go of that were sort of in my mind of things I might consider doing. I think you know, like an example of a coordinating with physicians. I think I'm going to let that go, and um, you know, some other things like quality of notes. You know, it's it's nice to know like once a month checking one note. I mean, I think you can spend a, you know, a decent amount of time onboarding somebody and make sure that you get familiar with their style, you know, a handful of times, but then from, from that date out, you know, once a month is fine, you know? Yes. So it, yeah. that's helpful to hear. Cause yeah, I was also playing around with like, how often do you do this? Do you do this weekly, biweekly, monthly? Um, and I think, I think I like your idea of monthly because it's a good comparison point. You're right. You know, month to month. And, I think also months are an important metric because I know, you know, we have slow seasons. And so that's another reason why, you know, you would keep metrics on the month because like, hey, it's, you know, whatever, it's July and everybody's on vacation. So we see, you know, an overall jump down in our numbers or something. I think that's, a you know, a useful way of doing it. So, yeah. Totally. Well, mm -hmm. awesome. It was awesome talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for uh, doing this with me. Yeah, awesome. Have a good day. You too. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. 